has Oprah Winfrey been replaced by a clone? I mean, I guess anything's possible, right? That's an easy way to start it off. And then we travel to Indiana to take a look at a tragic ghost who made the ultimate mistake years ago. And now he's trying to do it again. And then we travel to Argentina to wrap up season 23 by taking a look at a rootin', tootin', shootin' gun battle between humans and the alien army hiding in the darkness. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. This is the last episode of Season 23. After this, I'm taking a two-week break. Can't wait. I got The Walking Dead Destinies, the new Walking Dead game, loaded on my computer. I already beat it, actually. I already played it last week. I already beat it, but I'm going to have fun with it. Killing zombies. That's pretty much the whole game loop. Can't wait to do it. Playing Minecraft. I love doing that as well. So it'll be a nice break. I like playing video games and watching movies, so I'll have lots of fun. I'll miss you guys, but we will be back in two weeks with brand new episodes. In the meantime, we will be running Retro Rabbits and possibly the occasional Dead Rabbit Radio Classics. I just haven't recorded any yet, so we'll figure that out. But someone who never has to figure stuff out, someone who knows everything right away, coming into Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for... Jonathan Douglas. Woohoo! Yeah, we! Haha, <laughs> yeah, walking on in to Dead Rabbit Radio Command, all suited up, ready to fly us around on the last episode of Season 23. Jonathan Douglas donated money during our Thanksgiving live stream episode. <laughs> what is that, like five months ago at this point? Really, really appreciate it, Jonathan. You're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially through the merch store or Patreon or YouTube memberships, I totally understand. I do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. We got to get this party started. Was there something else? I, was there some other news? I talked about The Walking Dead. I talked about The Beekeeper. I don't think there's anything else. That's the only thing I've been up to for the past two weeks. I saw The Beekeeper, and I've been playing The Walking Dead. Other than doing the show, yeah, I don't think that... I will say a quick reminder, March 23rd, I will be giving a presentation at the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon. It is called Can Ghosts Tell Time? And other perplexing questions. If you guys listen to the show, you know I always find the weirdest stuff to talk about. I can't wait to give that. The Oregon Ghost Conference, March 22nd through the 24th. 2024 in Seaside, Oregon. Link in the show notes. You can check that out. Love to see you guys there. But if not, you guys will be there in spirit. Get it, right? Get it? (laughs) Get it? So anyways, Jonathan Douglas, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Drive us all the way out to Hollywood. We're headed all the way down to Hollywood, and we're there just in time. Jonathan's driving the Jason Jalopy. You know, it's all Hollywood stuff, right? There's like nice cars, Lambos. We're seeing like beautiful women walking down the street and money's everywhere. It seems so affluent. It seems beautiful, the land of dreams. You're like, Jason, have you been to Hollywood lately? When's the last time you've been to Hollywood? It's full of drink users now. I don't know. But it's probably a little bit of half and half. 
We're driving down the Hollywood Strip, and that's when we see famous TV talk show host Oprah Winfrey. We all know who she is. Right, recognize her right away. We're like, hey, Oprah, hey, Oprah, can I have a car? Can I have a car? <laughs> now that I think about it, I wonder if anyone ever teases her about that. Hey, I wasn't there that day. Can you give me a car? Hey, I looked under my seat and I didn't have a key. Do I have a car? Does he have a car? Does he have a car? I wonder if people actually like yell that to her. If not, I suggest we start right now. No, I'm not saying by any means. We should start harassing Oprah Winfrey. However, if you however, if you were already pre-inclined to do that, that'd be kind of a funny way. And my question would be, which Oprah Winfrey are you harassing? <laughs> Definitely it's illegal. To, you can't be like, well, I was harassed. I, sorry, I meant to harass that guy. Instead, I harassed that guy. Because we're going to look at a story that may or may not expose Oprah Winfrey for who she truly is. We all know is her TV talk show host, magazine maker. I don't even know what she does now. She has a channel, a television channel, which I don't know if she like programs the shows. I doubt she's sitting at the control board. She's like, three, two, one, you're go. Here you go. Rom-com started in the afternoon. Oxygen Network is hers magazine. I mean, I'm not saying you have to like do a bunch of stuff to run an empire. I don't know what J.K. Rowling does at this point, except... Like, walk around. She actually went to Disneyland. This was years ago. She went to Disneyland. And she goes, I want to... S- this is one of the weirdest stories. She, apparently, J.K. Out of the stuff we cover on this show, apparently, J.K. Rowling, at some point, went to Disneyland because she wanted Disneyland to do, it like, a Harry Potter ride. So she goes to Disneyland. This sounds like one of the dumbest stories. It sounds like someone who didn't write their own books, either. It sounds like someone who doesn't know how to write a book. Definitely not seven of them. Apparently, J.K. Rowling went to Disneyland and demanded to see the boss. She's like, where's this Mr. Mouse I've heard about? I demand a meeting with Mickle Mouse. What? That's the proper name for Mickey. Look it up. Don't, because it's not true. But anyways, I demand a meeting with your boss, Mickey Mouse. I will settle with Donald Duck or possibly Daisy. But I'm J.K. Rowling, and I want to talk about Harry Potter ride. And a from what I understand, I'll have to find this article. You guys will think I'm making it up. From what I understand, this is Disneyland or Disney World. You're chasing it into this most fantastic story, most impossible story you've ever told. It took place nowhere. Apparently, it was Disneyland or Disney World. J.K. Rowling showed up at the park, and she wanted to talk to people about building a Harry Potter theme ride or like a theme neighborhood. And the staff didn't know what in the world she was talking about. They're like, J.K. who? J.K. Simmons? What? Where's he? I don't want to get his autograph. I'll get you, Spider-Man. And she's like, no. I'm J.K. Rowling. I quote-unquote wrote a bunch of books, Harry Potter books. My name's on them. That means I wrote them. I want to talk. I want to talk to the big cheese. I want to talk to Mickey Mouse himself. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Who is J.K. Rowling? There's no Mickey Mouse isn't real. I know there's a big castle in the background. There's not a king that lives there. If you want to have a business meeting, you cannot show up in the middle of the day with holding cotton candy in one hand and a balloon in the other saying, I want to have a business meeting. And she left. She was furious. She left and then she went to Universal Studios. And she's like, I'm J.K. Rowling. Would you guys like to do a Harry Potter thing? And they basically 
blew up. Their heads are exploding. They're like, yes, we want to do a Harry Potter thing. And that's why it's over there. Listen, I don't have a problem. Like Disney doing a Harry Potter thing, I could totally see that working for them. But don't show up on half price Tuesdays when the when the place is packed and expect that you're gonna be able to talk to the, the big cheese, the guy in charge. He's all walking up, he's pulling the sword out of the stone. Shlink. This means my theme park will open here. They're like, lady, please leave. Anyways, I'll have to double check if that story's true. I, I know that I read that years ago. What were we even talking about? How did I get on that topic? We're talking about Oprah Winfrey. Talking about Oprah Winfrey. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. J.K. Rowling has this big entertainment media empire. She doesn't do nothing. Probably didn't do do anything in the beginning either. I'll put that episode in the show notes. Did J.K. Rowling actually write the Harry Potter series? It's one of my most controversial episodes, actually. Oprah Winfrey. Recently underwent underwent a huge weight loss. From the uh, Ozempic. The Ozempic, Ozempic, whatever it's called. That weight loss shot. You get one a week. It's like $1,000 a month. And you lose weight. We're learning now. I covered the shot a couple times on the show. And I'm not going to go into great detail here. I'll put those episodes in the show notes. But it causes like muscle loss. Which is obvious, right? When you're losing weight super rapidly. You're going to lose a good chunk of muscle. That one woman, she took the shot and it paralyzed her intestines so now she has permanent diarrhea because of the shot if you said hey jason dude you could be like 180 by the end of the year all you have to do is give up 20 percent of your muscle tissue and possibly permanent diarrhea i wouldn't do it right i'd be like what i would not ever do that I would never do that. That's ridiculous. Anything where the side effect, anytime you go to take a medicine, if you look at the side effects, because I do, and it says may cause permanent diarrhea, which is an amazing name for a band if you think about it. You go, it sounds like a great punk band, but I'm thinking outside the box. I think that should be the name of a brass quartet. Permanent diarrhea is not a side effect you ever want to see on any medicine you ever take, ever. But anyways, Ozempic, a lot of people are using it, mostly celebrities. So Oprah Winfrey is using it. She's come out because a lot of these celebrities, they've like lost 60 pounds in two months. And they're like, yeah, you know, I found this. uh, I started eating celery. (laughs) I started eating celery. And uh, every so often I'd have a lima bean. And look at me now. And we're all supposed to collectively go, oh, yeah, no, you totally did that. You've been struggling with weight loss for 30 years. We've all been watching it. And now it's successful just after this pill, after this injection was invented that could make people thinner. Yeah, we believe you. But who cares? That's their personal business. I don't care how they lost weight. I don't care how Oprah Winfrey lost her weight. She admitted to it. And the rumors behind the scenes is that she's had this long-term deal with Weight Watchers. She's been a Weight Watchers salesperson or uh, spokesman for a long time. The rumor behind the scenes from celebrity gossip websites that I go to is that she may get sued. Because if the person who's saying, hey, Weight Watchers works, follow your points. I know people who are very successful with the Weight Watchers, but the person who's been hyping that up for a decade, decade or two at this point, all of a sudden it's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> points schmoints the only point i care about is the point in this needle that's going into my butt there's a rumor that they may be uh some 
stuff behind the, behind the scenes with that. But that's not why we're here. We're here because this actually kind of makes sense. What's the big conspiracy with celebrities? Cloning. You know, we have a big crossover between clones and celebrities. Celebrities and clone stories. Big conspiracy thing with this. So now that Oprah Winfrey's lost 200 pounds in a month, people are saying, well, that's a clone. That's not the real Oprah Winfrey. I mean, we all know that it probably is, right? Nothing's impossible, but it's probably Oprah Winfrey after getting this Ozempic shot. There has been no news reports or updates regarding whether or not she has permanent diarrhea. But we do know that she's lost a lot of weight. What's super interesting about this is there are whole websites and cultures that deal with the idea that people clone celebrities. So that way, if the celebrity gets out of line, starts saying stuff that's not supposed to be said, they can kill the celebrity and use the clone. And I think that conspiracy theory will really take off because we're going to start having these radical changes between these bodies. But leave it up to Real Raw News, this conspiracy website that I found what has been like at this point three years. Every so often I just come across the craziest stories there they of course think that the current oprah winfrey is a clone what happened to the old oprah winfrey you ask well i'm glad that you did apparently she was in a limo driving through los angeles on december 3rd 2023 when u.s navy officers pulled up alongside the limo and dragged her out kicking and screaming let me read you uh, this quote because this just shows you how <laughs> this just shows you how classy real raw news is. U.S. Navy JAG investigators on December third apprehended the obese creature while she was in Los Angeles. I mean, I guess that's one way. I guess that's one way to describe your political opponents. They dragged out Oprah Winfrey. The article goes on to make multiple comments about how heavy she is they at one point call her a plump woman which i would argue is a step up <laughs> much much more of a compliment or at least borders on a compliment than obese creature you can call someone pleasantly plump Any, anything with the word obese in it is going to be and that's so but anyways they pulled this plump woman out of her limo her limo driver reached for his weapon and the u.s navy jag officers open fire <laughs> shot him up and then the limo driver's dying and they realize he wasn't reaching for his gun he was actually reaching for a letter that said oprah winfrey has already been pardoned for every crime she may have committed or will commit and the JAG officers were like, well, we don't care. We, it's all covered in blood. We can't read it. We don't know what that said. Apparently, it was signed by President Biden, who's a clone, also, or a hologram, or a robot, or a body double. They've changed their story multiple times with him. So Oprah Winfrey is currently in prison, mostly for causing the fires in Hawaii. Remember that? <laughs> you remember that whole thing? Oprah Winfrey, this behemoth as real raw news would have you believe this behemoth was responsible for the maui fires and she actually i think painted her house blue so her house wouldn't catch on fire that whole thing as well as a slew of other crimes against 
well-meaning, non, non-obese creatures of the United States, just obese people. She's currently being held in Guantanamo Bay. I will keep you updated on this story as it breaks. We will soon learn whether or not permanent diarrhea is on the menu for Oprah Winfrey. Well, anyways, they said the next time you see her, she's 200 pounds less. She must be a body double, but... Oh, man. You know, I love taking my two-week breaks, but then I think I don't get to talk about this crazy stuff for two weeks either. It's a plus minus thing Jonathan I'm going to go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit rowboat we're going to leave behind Hollywood we're waving goodbye to Oprah Winfrey's clone we're sailing away we're sailing away in a sea of permanent diarrhea Jonathan row us all the way out to Indiana splash splash it's extra splashy this time splash splash Permanent diarrhea, man. I mean, at that point, you'd probably just core out your butthole. <laughs> at that point, you'd be like, I don't need the butthole anymore. Just put like a... T- <laughs> just have a plastic tube in there. Just let it come out. Because you wouldn't want your butthole to get irritated all the time. You'd constantly be red from the permanent diarrhea. I guess my plastic chute is... The doctor's like, listen, man, there's a difference between permanent diarrhea and it just spraying out at any moment like you have an anus for a reason jason it's supposed to open and close you, you just put in like a you know what i'm imagining is one of those plastic tubes you see in a movie theater full of all the candy so you can look at the one of those smaller smaller obviously not the size of a torso not the three feet in diameter but yeah just a plastic tube maybe like Maybe like a tube that a hamster would crawl through, perhaps. Because otherwise, you would just you'd have the rawest, reddest butt on the planet. I feel bad for her. You want to lose a little bit of weight, the next thing you know, you have permanent diarrhea. The reason why she has it, you're like, just get to the next story, dude. Come on, man. You're all fast-forwarding. Fast-forwarding, you're like, finally, he stopped talking about it. He's on the next story. It's because it paralyzed her intestines like paralyze her lower intestines or something like that so the food's just going it's like going the normal process and then it's like he's like going down a slip and slide for the last 30 yards that sucks paralyze her stomach or something like that anyways we're in indiana specifically we're in Cunot. that's in owen county indiana we're gonna visit cataract falls it's kind of a weird name, right? Because cataract is where like you can't see stuff. You got like little blurry things in your eyeballs. Cataract Falls, it's Indiana's largest natural waterfall. And when you head up there, you'll find Cataract Bridge. We're headed all the way up to Cataract Falls. This bridge was built in 1876. It's an old one. It's actually one of the last wooden bridges in the country. They, at a certain point, they had to cut windows into the bridge. It's a covered bridge. Could you imagine going through a pitch black bridge? Um, this would have been literally pitch black, and you're going the speed of a horse with a carriage, which is what? Like one horsepower? How fast are you actually going? It's super spooky at night, and you have to go underneath or through this bridge. Every, everybody has cataracts, including the horse. It's not a fun journey. 
eventually they cut windows in the side of it. Which would be a logical thing to have these windows, but they didn't cut it because it was pitch dark in there. They cut them because apparently vandals were spray painting or painting just like hand. I don't know what old time. I know spray paint's not in the 1800s, but I'm sure there were graffiti artists in the 1800s and they just didn't have spray paint. I'm sure they just have walked around with paintbrushes and they're like tagging stuff. Apparently people have vandalized this place so much that they put windows in it. It's weird. This is a weird bridge. Like I looked a bit into the history. But it's Spooky Bridge, Spooky Bridge. It does have these windows cut in the side of it now that didn't have it apparently when it was originally built. But in the 1930s, we have this story about a man we'll call Creed. He's visiting from Portland, Indiana. He's not here on a fun trip. He actually is here to kill himself. I don't know why he traveled to another city to do it. I mean, it's probably a good reason. Not Not a good reason to kill himself. But he might have thought, well, you know... If I want to kill myself, and I made up my mind to do that, I'm going to kill myself at Cataract Falls. You know, I maybe, right? I'm sure people do travel to kill themselves. Everyone who jumps off the Golden Gate Bridge I don't think is from the Bay Area. There might be people traveling from Arizona. And they're like, I'm going to kill myself on the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm sure that it happens. Well, anyways, if that wasn't depressing enough, this guy, he's headed out to Cataract Falls. The reason why is because he lost his farm during the Great Depression. So he's like, I'll never rebuild. I'll never be able to rebuild my wealth. I'll never be able to get back on my feet. This is the end of it. I'm totally giving up. He travels to Kunat. He heads up to Cataract Falls. He goes to the bridge, puts a noose around his neck, and hangs himself in the bridge. So he's inside this covered bridge. 1930s, we have cars. People came in and saw this man hanging in the darkness. Call the constable. Call somebody. Help me get this guy. Cut him down. Cutting down the rope. Are you okay, buddy? Are you okay? He wasn't. He died. He actually killed himself. Hung himself. That's pretty brutal, right? You're just trying to get to work. You're just like driving down the road. And you see a dude hanging in a bridge. <laughs> I mean, you're like, this is the last thing I expected. to do. I'm late for work. I hope my boss accepts this excuse. There's a body hanging in the middle of the bridge. And I'm not going to, like, go around him. I'm obviously going to get out and try to render aid and see if everything's okay. Like, cut down the rope. Like, I think it would take a cruel person to just kind of, like, edge around the body in their car. I'm sure there are people who do that. But... Anyways, this guy, Creed, killed himself. Now, this is one of those stories that I wasn't able to actually verify. I wasn't able to find out that there was a guy who killed himself at this bridge. I did some history of the bridge. It was mostly just telling me stuff like it's one of the only surviving wooden bridges in America. Stuff like that. I couldn't find. Generally, they're not going to include that in their visitor's brochure. Oh, by the way, in the 1930s, a man hung himself in the middle of this scenic bridge. What's interesting, though, is as a ghost story, to this day, apparently, I got this from the Shadowlands.net, and then I went and just was doing more research around the area overall. You can still see this phantom. But. It's a weird quirk. A lot of times people show up as spirits and for the most part they're how they were in life sometimes they carry their grisly injuries over with them 
there seems to be something about hanging hanging yourself or being hung by somebody else like executed or lynched where your ghost appears hanging there seems to be something with that there's this lunatic home there's this lunatic homeless dude who we talked about before on the show I'll put it in the show notes but even a lunatic can be right his name's Max Kramer he his theory was that hanging yourself is symbolically close to being born it's the umbilical cord you're leaving life the same way you came into it he didn't say he also said that he wishes he also says he wishes that you know you get 10 cents if you recycle a can of soda what if they made a giant can that you could recycle and get two dollars for so just so we're clear not everything that this is the first time we've heard about this guy it sounds very profound he also believed neo-Nazis were wiping anal juices and Jewish bread. I mean, he's nuts. I'll put those episodes in the show notes. But that is an interesting thing because we do see a lot of hanging ghosts. In fact, that it's so common. It's probably one of the most common types. Like if you had to break full body apparitions into categories, you would have a separate category for hanging ghosts. And then you would have, like, ghosts that were completely see-through, ghosts that were partially transparent, ghosts that are of this time period. Hanging ghosts is all over the place. It's very, very common in ghost lore, in ghost sightings. We don't know why. We don't know that people who shoot themselves, they're not walk- their ghost isn't walking around with a gun. People who poison themselves, they're not walking around carrying a vial of poison. But it does seem to be that ghosts who hang themselves or again are hung by other people their soul or an image of their soul is continually hanging from that tree i'm not saying their soul is necessarily trapped that way some of it could be a residual haunting but again you don't see even a residual haunting from a gunshot blast which is very very common way unfortunately it's all unfortunate to kill yourself but that's not even this story if Creed, which was a made-up name, if Creed was hanging from the inside rafters of this bridge, that would be normal. That would actually be so normal I wouldn't have covered it on the show because that's very, very common for hanging ghosts. The image of them is still hanging there from the rafters. Super common. What we see is not that. People say that to this day you can see Creed walking in the bridge. He's like walking down the bridge with the noose around his neck. And he's walking down this path on this bridge. And when a car drives by, he jumps in front of it. He has the noose around his neck, but he's just kind of walking around and a car drives by and he jumps in front of it. Almost as if he's still trying to kill himself. It's as if the noose didn't work. I mean, it did work, right? He died hanging himself, but he's still tormented and he is trapped in this very very dark bridge like there's a couple windows built into it but is by no means well lit 
at least from the photos I could tell, it'll all be in the show notes, but he's walking and he'll jump in front of cars and then he vanishes until he is seen again at another time. It, I say he's seen to this day. The bridge has not been open to automobiles for a while. It looks like since 1988. That's when they built a concrete bridge in the area. But people can still walk down this bridge. They can walk down this bridge, Cataract Bridge. Which raises the question, obviously, for any local ghost hunters, would you walk down this bridge at night? Like, there's a lot of fun to be had ghost hunting, but this is pretty high up on the possible danger scale. There's only one way in and one way out. It's not like a field or even a house. I mean, the worst gets the worst, you can jump out a window. It probably won't come to that. You're in a haunted house. You probably won't have to jump out the window. You can just go out the door. But if you're on a bridge, you're kind of stuck. If you jump out a window, you're going over the falls. And you got to walk along this bridge at night. Shining your flashlights. You have your tape recorder to capture EVPs. And you see something moving in the darkness. Ahead of you. But it's walking your way. If a man... If a man's soul is trapped there. And he's trying to kill himself over and over and over again by throwing himself in front of vehicles, and now there's no cars, what happens when he comes across a group of teenagers walking through this abandoned bridge late at night? Jonathan Douglas, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world-famous carpenter copter we are leaving behind Indiana. Play us all the way out, too. Argentina. And stay tuned for after this story for a special musical treat. The year is 1965. It's a brisk February night in Corrientes, Argentina. And on this particular night, Carlos Sawairu and his old <laughs> like your brain just snapped. You're like, what, huh? Your ears are like, uh, that kind of sound like a name. Don't worry, I won't be repeating that name much, this story. Carlos Sauriou and his older brother Jerry, we'll call him Jerry, that's not his real name, but Carlos and Jerry, they live on their father's estate. Their father has this big patch of land. These guys, I believe, like are all like in their 20s. We didn't get actual ages for them. Carlos did directly tell this story to a UFO researcher, so it's a first-hand account. Carlos and Jerry, along with other members of the family, they all live in this big family estate where they have farms. And on these farms, they have farm workers. And it's a nice night, guys. Let's go hunting. Let's all go hunting, everyone. And Carlos, Jerry's like, yeah. And the farm workers are like, let's do it. Let's go out hunting. So they pack up their gear and they take off. Now, I'm assuming they did that. I know I started the story off at night. You're like, what are they hunting? Owls? What are they hunting in the middle of the night? The story started, the hunting trip started during the day. Hunting trip started during the day, but now it's late when they're getting back. They're coming back home, and as they're walking onto the property, they see something. 
they see something standing in their father's farm. Like straight up right on the farmland, they see this thing. And they look, and there's a bunch of them. These things are kind of moving around. They're trying to remain undetected, but you can see them. It's just the right level of light and contrast to see that there's something out there. They can't make out any detail. It's basically like a black on dark background, but they're all small. They see each one of the, they say that these things are maybe three feet max. But it stopped the men dead in their tracks. They didn't expect to see this. They know it's not wildlife. They know it's not farm animals that got free. There's something mysterious happening on this farm. And whatever it is, there's a bunch of them. But, you know, they've been out hunting. Probably had a couple drinks in them. I, most hunters do that, right? Drink beer. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's super irresponsible. You're like, glug, glug, glug. Time to grab the shotgun. I don't know. One of the farm workers sees these mysterious creatures from beyond all knowledge. They know that they're not any sort of animal that they know. One of the farm workers grabs his machete. They have no idea what these things are. He grabs his machete and he shouts out, They're midgets! Patroncito! Which I think means like, Daddy? They're midgets, Patroncito. Let's cut them down with our machetes. Ah, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? We don't know what these things are. It could be people in costumes. What are you talking about? And this farm worker, he has his machete, and he starts walking over to one of these things. He's going to cut it in half. Doesn't even know what it is. Everyone else has kind of watched this whole thing, because you're probably like, I don't know how this is going to play out. Like... One of two things is going to happen. That farm worker is going to get horribly mauled by whatever creature is out there. Or two, he's going to slice something in half. And either way, I don't want to be anywhere near it. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to be anywhere near it. And he walks up to one of these small little creatures hiding in the darkness. And he raises that machete above his head to swing. And then... Patroncito! Patroncito, I can't move my arm! Ah! It's frozen. Help me, Patroncito. Everyone's like, dude, what in the world is this guy freaking out about? And that's when they see this three-foot-tall creature begin to grow. It didn't have that sound effect. It's a slide whistle. It's a whoop. We don't have an exact number, but they said they were, Carlos said there were several of these things. They all began to grow at the same time until they reached a height of seven feet. You have to imagine that farm worker has that machete over his head, right? He's raising it to strike one of these dudes down. He's frozen and he's just watching this dude get bigger and bigger. And he's like, oh, I hope he stops now. He's only four feet tall. What? No, he's still going five feet. I can do that. I don't know. And he's watching this thing get bigger and bigger. That's when Jerry... Readies his twenty-two caliber rifle, puts a round in it, <laughs> aims it at the creature closest to the farm worker, the one the farm worker was going to chop in half, aims it, <laughs> fires a shot, but he notices something. 
I don't know how this works. I know there's a lot of people who know way more about guns than I do. And <laughs> all the paranormal forces, I don't know how this works or how he figured it out. But what Jerry had realized was that he pulled the trigger, the gun fired, but the bullet never came out. So he injects the round and he chambers another one. I know the terminology. I always get tons of emails from guns people when I talk about gun stuff. It's not a round, it's a bullet. It's not a magazine, it's a clip. He readies the rifle and he pulls the trigger again. No bullet comes out of the barrel. Which is interesting because I don't know if he's like not feeling the recoil. It says that the gun fires, but no bullet leaves. So, I mean, if it was just a misfire, if the bullets weren't firing at all, then I could understand how he would figure that out. You would click and nothing would come out. You'd click, 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 nothing comes out. You rechamber the round, click, you chamber another round, click, click. No, they're saying the gun actually fires, but the bullet never leaves. So I don't know if he's not feeling the recoil or if he's not seeing the flash at the end. Who knows? Whatever, the they can figure all this stuff out tomorrow. The point is, is that Jerry is trying to save one of his buddies. And he's firing at this seven foot tall. There's a bunch of these things, right? He's just trying to shoot at one. And every time he pulls the trigger, the gun fires, but a bullet never leaves the barrel. Carlos, he's never able to give us an exact number of these things, but he says there's just too many to count. They were everywhere in the field. At this point, they were all seven feet tall. We couldn't make out any distinguishing characteristics about them. We all were pissing our pants and possibly about to have our own case of permanent diarrhea. They decide as a group, God, there's one of those like group telepath, they all decide at the same time, let's get to the barn. We're going to have to run to the barn. It doesn't, I don't know if the guy's still paralyzed out there. He's like, ah, Patron Cito, help me. I'm sure he was unparalyzed at this point. I hope they don't say that he died or that they ever got him. But the farm workers, Jerry and Carlos, run to a nearby barn and they lock themselves in. And that's when these beams of light begin shining through the imperfections in the barn. Like you would see the little bit of a crack here little bit of a gap at the top of the door you just see these bright lights just shine in to the barn that they're in and when it did it it lit up the entire barn you'd get a little bit of light coming through a gap but it would light up everything in the barn with a i had to look this up with an actinic glare and I had never heard of that. It's light that's able to cause a photochemical reaction. So something weird. Something if I stood outside of a barn and shone a flashlight inside, you would not use the word actinic glare. Well, they did. They were, it was super bizarre. This light was pouring in. It was lighting up the whole thing. Carlos was so terrified. He's the person telling the story. You might have wanted to leave this part out, Carlos, but, you know, there you wanted to tell the truth. He was so terrified. He was freaking out so badly that the other people in the barn, who also are trapped, by the way. It's not like they're having a vacation. It's not like they're like, well, why we're here? Let's crack open those Budweiser's. 
They're all under assault from whatever is going on. But Carlos is so freaking out. The farm workers and his older brother had to cover him up. Cover him in saddle blankets and boxes and put him in the corner of the room and basically created this barrier so he couldn't see what was going on. He was freaking out so much because of the lights and, you know, the numerous seven-foot-tall entities just outside the door. He was freaking out so badly, he was screaming his head off that he had to basically create him a dark room. A safe space so he wouldn't freak out. And it helps, right? He obviously doesn't go permanently insane. It does help him a bit. And then, eventually... The lights stop. You have this group of men standing in this barn. And they're like, what do we do now? We can't stay in here all night. But they wait a little bit. (laughs) They don't immediately open the door and be like, surprise! Aliens are standing out there. They go, you know what? Yeah, we can't stay in here all night. We have to figure out a plan. Um, Let's give it a bit. Let's not rush out into the dark, into the unknown. Let's give it a bit. But Jerry goes, tell you what, what I'll do is I will run out to get the truck. There's a truck nearby. And I will leave you guys all then drive away and I will get help. And you figure the farm workers are probably like, I like the first part of that plan where you get the truck, but can we all get in it? It's a big truck. He's like, well, yeah, probably, but I'll, I will already be all the way over there. It'll be shorter for me to drive to the main estate and I can talk to my dad. We can call the army or whatever. Nuke the whole farm at this point. Sounds like a plan. It's the best plan we had. So they go, okay, that, well, let you. that sounds like a good plan. So Jerry says, let's do this. They open the door. They open the door to the barn and Jerry kind of looks out. Same farm field that he's always known. He doesn't see anything amiss. He takes a couple steps out. A couple more. A couple more. And then he goes, okay, it looks like everything's over. So he begins walking at a reasonable pace to the truck. He gets about halfway there. Whoa. Out of nowhere... These giants just appear. They just appeared. It was almost as if they manifested. Whether they were camouflaged, whether they returned from where they were from, we don't know. Jerry doesn't know. Jerry just knows he's in trouble because he's literally halfway between the truck that will allow him to drive away and the barn that will provide him safety. And now there's a bunch of these creatures these seven foot tall monstrosities which again this is the closest we're about to get to any description of these things and they are not normal (laughs) even by paranormal standards these things are weird he turns and he sees these creatures appear one of them is right next to him he says i'm running back to the barn that's my best chance i get to the truck i gotta get the keys i gotta do stuff i gotta make sure my seatbelt's on He turns, he starts running back to the barn, and one of these creatures is in hot pursuit. It's running right behind him. And the farm workers see this, so they do what I think a lot of people would do. It's not the right decision, but they they shut the barn door and they lock it. 
And Jerry is now trapped outside. And one of these creatures is coming right towards him. And he begins banging on the barn door. Let me in, let me in, I'm your patroncito. Let me in, I don't know what that means, but it's me, it's me. He's banging on the door and the farm workers are like, there's no way we're opening this door. There's a bunch of, <laughs> there's a bunch of monsters out there. One's following you. Back here, we're not opening the door. Carlos, who is underneath a bunch of saddle blankets and behind a bunch of boxes, he hears this commotion. He hears his brother yelling on the other side of the door and the farm workers are like, we're not opening it. Sorry, dude. This was your plan, by the way. It was your plan to get in the truck. Carlos is like, okay, I cannot let my brother die. That's good being a good brother. <laughs> That's being a good brother. Carlos gets up. He's like, pushes the blankets away. Kicks the boxes over and he goes, guys, we got to open the door. You got to open the door. And he's kind of pushing the farm workers aside and he opens the door. And as it opens up, Carlos and all the farm workers saw this giant creature standing behind Jerry. And it had these arms that were beginning to wrap around Jerry's waist. But they weren't humanoid arms they weren't you know like a long standard arm with you know fingers on the end of it carlos said it looked like just a bunch of hair like long hair wrapping around jerry's waist but it it's one of those things that you go so is it like he was throwing hair around like samara from the ring no it, the brain can do these things in these type of events you could tell it was an arm you could tell that it was biologically for this creature used this is the same thing we use our arms for it wasn't actually hair coming off the head it wasn't something like that it was arms but these arms were completely made of hair and the way that they moved was like hair but this creature whatever it was would use this hair to manipulate things if it had a spaceship it would control things with its hair Again, all these things are trivialities as hair is wrapping around your waist. Jerry's like, ah, help me out, help me out. And Jerry is able to break free from the hair grasp, runs into the barn, and they shut the door. They lock it. And Jerry's like, okay, I don't know what our next plan is going to be. I know it's not going to happen for quite a long time. Got attacked by a bunch of hair or hair-like things. He's like, okay, I don't know what step two of our plan is, but why don't we just hang out here? Why don't we just hang out here until they set a search party? They're obviously no, and we never came back from hunting. They do wait in the farm for a couple hours after that. The lights didn't return. They decide to... I don't know who went to go get the pickup truck the second time, but the new plan was someone picks up the pickup truck, drives it to the barn, everyone gets in, we just go... We just leave. And um, they did that. Someone went and got the pickup truck. No problem. <laughs> Probably a lot of peed pants walking into the pickup truck. Pickup truck was pulled over. Everyone gets in the back. They drive to a field owned by another family. There were no more sightings that night or ever in this area or of this type of entity. Carlos said he gave an interview with Rialto Flores for Cod OVNI, which is a now defunct UFO research group. Rialto Flores interviewed Carlos himself. Carlos said, um, after this, we had a bunch of our farm workers who refused to work in that particular field. They're like, I'm not working there. <laughs> it's 
way too much, way too many bad memories. That other farm worker, he's still paralyzed out there. He's like, somebody help me. He's the new scarecrow. You had some farm workers who said, I'm never going to work in that field again. You had one farm worker who got fired because he didn't want to work anywhere. He's like, I'm not working anywhere. (laughs) All your fields are cursed. I'm never going through that again. They're like, you got to do something. You're a farm worker. He got fired. One theory that Carlos and Jerry came up with watching, you know, because obviously you would think about this a lot. You would try to go through it with your head, figure out what did we actually experience that night? You would want to make sense of it. This is an interesting one. Just based on the information that we have, I would think it was interdimensional, how they're invisible and then visible instantly. Like when they just appeared, the bright lights, the weird light reacting in the room. We see that a lot with UFOs as well as interdimensional things. The creature's growing. You know, when I'm reading this, I'm imagining they're actually like gaining mass while they're standing there. Carlos and Jerry, their theory was we think they might have been sitting down. And then they stood up. That would account for them doubling in size i think that's kind of like i'm what five foot eleven so i think when i'm sitting down i'm close to three feet and when i stand up i would be i you might double your height when you stand up i'm I'm not for sure jamie check that out double your height standing up but i don't know I, i would assume interdimensional based on the traits especially based on the appendages like this hair or hair-like substance being used to manipulate items to capture people. The fact that there's a ton of them. Now, Rialto goes, to be fair, because, you know, he's a UFO researcher. I'm looking at it as a UFO story. It was I found about it because there was a, a website. Oh, we talked about this website before. Inexplicatablogspot.com. Really cool website. They cover a lot of UFO stuff in Central and South America and Mexico. Um, they did an article, Free Fire Zone, Hostility Against the Unknown. Never judge aliens by their size. So I, my mindset was already thinking aliens when I read it because of the headlines. But Rialto goes, uh, there was no sighting of UFOs in the area. I talked to Carlos about that. He said there were no sightings of UFOs in the area before, during, or after the event. The closest thing we have is that these things weren't human. And the lights. So... Humanoid, I would assume, generally, if they're not, have a head and then like some sort of bipedal motion like legs, generally those details will be given. If they just say, I saw an entity, I saw this figure in the darkness, most of the time, unless you have more description, that means it looked like a human at first glance. Or at least something that stood on two legs with two quote-unquote arms, like this thing. Had arms made of hair. But a fascinating story of guns versus aliens. That didn't work out too well. That did not work out too well. The gun wasn't even firing. It's not even like the bullets were bouncing off this thing. It was stopping the round from even leaving the barrel. The level of power with these things. I always make sure I try to hammer that home. Like that's just not something we... That's not something we know how to do. We're always trying to build body armor. Trying to build better armor. We're not trying to stop bullets from leaving barrels. We don't... That's not even something we've considered. Well, what if they... What if instead of the nuclear missile leaving the silo, it just doesn't? What if... You mean blow it up? No, it's just like... We have something that makes it so... 
the missile just sits there. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's so far beyond anything we can think of that it sounds ridiculous. Well, instead of building body armor, why don't we build something that makes their guns fire, but no bullet come out? You'd be like, what? That's not even possible. But these aliens are doing it without even trying. I mean, as far as we can tell, they're just kind of standing there as this guy's firing round after round. Nothing's happening. But a crazy alien story, man versus alien. I always love stories like this. Usually... We go back and forth, right? We've had a lot of stories where humans won. I think we're going to have to count this as an L in the human category, even though nobody died, right? You did have a guy covered in blankets hiding in the back. You had people locking out their friend and patroncito from getting in. They were scared. I mean, I would be scared too, right? I'd probably be the guy under the blankets, honestly. I'm like, oh, weird light. This one will count as an L in the human category, but I'm glad no humans died uh, we do have to take a loss on this one. But I wanted to end season 23 with a good old-fashioned alien story because I wanted to introduce to you a treat, a musical treat for the last episode of this season. Let's kick back, relax, and trip out to the tunes of Hello Humanoids and their song, Alien Nation. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy truth podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great week, guys.